Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Back to This Is That, Pastor Steve Berger here. This is that where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. And, uh, you know, we say it every week. There's plenty of cultural chaos going on more and more all the time. And uh, we need a word from heaven. We need to be like the sons of Issachar where we understand the times and we know what to do. All right. So we've started this new series called This Fabulous Fear, where we're talking about the fear of the Lord. Now, if you're just tuning in for the very first time. Uh, This is actually part two, but I want to um, alleviate any fear that you might be having about the fear of the Lord. We're calling it this fabulous fear because the fear of the Lord is a fabulous thing. The fear of the Lord opens up what I call the multifaceted, extravagant goodness of God to us, okay? So, Don't let the phrase, the fear of the Lord, think that I'm going to be bringing some heavy-handed, mean-spirited, you know, uh, uptight religious thing to you, and that you've got to live under these strict demands and that your fun in life is over. Uh, The exact opposite is true. In fact, I hold to the opinion very, very strongly that the fear of the Lord is the very key to everything that you are looking for in life as a follower of Jesus. It is the key to everything you want here on earth and then even into heaven. The fear of the Lord is that powerful that how you operate in it now actually sends ripple effects into eternity. And so the fear of the Lord, it's a fabulous thing. Man, don't be afraid of it, but uh, understand what it is and operate in the in the beauty of it and the uh, i know this isn't a word but the fabulousness of it all right so last week um, we defined for you what the fear of the lord is the fear of the lord is to hold god in such reverential respectful awe worship and wonder that you hate evil and you depart from it That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's to hold God in such reverential respect and awe and worshipful wonder that you hate evil and you depart from it. You get away from it as quick as you can. So that's what the fear of the Lord is. Far too many people in and out of the church don't fear the Lord. And because of it, their lives are train wrecks. That's just a simple fact. This fabulous fear I'm telling y'all, the more we can incorporate it into our life, the more we'll experience the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Now, I want to start today um, on part two here and talk about the prominent place that the fear of the Lord has in the scripture. Like, I want you to see how important this is. The fear of the Lord, y'all, radically important for you and I both. So I'm going to unpack some some generalities, and then we're going to wrap up by looking at five very specific things that prove to us the prominent place that the fear of the Lord has in the scripture, okay? Um, In a general sense, the fear of the Lord is so prominent, listen to me now, that the fear of the Lord is spoken of by patriarchs, prophets, 
kings, apostles, angels, and Jesus himself. The fear of the Lord is so prominent that it's in the scriptures from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation and all parts in between. From Genesis to Revelation and by a multiplicity of significant spiritual players. That's how prominent it is in a, in a general sense. Now, in a specific sense, I'm going to give you five things, five things for you to understand about the fear of the Lord. The first one is this. You and I are required to live in the fear of the Lord. As followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a requirement for us to live in the fear of the Lord. It's required. It's not suggested. Check this out. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. It says this. Then the Lord said to me, arise, begin your journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require? There it is, require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today, and it'll be for your good. What does the Lord require of his people? He requires that we walk in the fear of the Lord. And when we do, again, it's for our good. It opens us up to the multifaceted, extravagant goodness of God. Now, how many of you know that God has some spiritual ground for you to take? You, you have to understand, you can't just be stagnant. You can't stay where you're at. The children of Israel, they had to leave Egypt and move into the wilderness. And then from the wilderness, they had to go into the promised land. And as they were going into the promised land, what did God say? You're about to take some new territory. Here's the deal. You've got to fear the Lord. I require that of you, okay? When you fear the Lord, here's what you're doing. You're acknowledging his supremacy. You're acknowledging that he's God and you're not. Here's what else the fear of the Lord does. It anchors our obedience. Because he is God, then we find ourselves saying, we're gonna obey him and do and go and fight for whatever it is that he's called us to possess, okay? When we fear him, we acknowledge his supremacy, we obey him at whatever cost, and then we get access to his abundance because it is in fearing him that the promised land is possessed. You've got something to possess. God's not done with you. You haven't reached, you know, the ultimate spiritual maturity where God doesn't have new territory for you to take. And so because there's new territory for you to take, just like the children of Israel of old, God requires that you walk in his fear so that you can gain and take that new territory. Fear is required. Fear is required of you. Okay. Secondly, those, listen to this, those that operate in the fear of the Lord, they're actually recorded in heaven. Now, this is, a, again, just a, a serious passage of scripture here. In the context of it, there, there are 
bitter religious people complaining about their life and what God's doing and not doing. And, and based on their perspective, they're saying, oh, it's not even worth following God. It didn't benefit us enough. Now, listen to this. Could you imagine talking that way and having God hear it? Check this out. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter three, verses 13 through 18. Listen to this. God says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? In other words, they're pretending like they, they didn't say anything wrong. They got caught and they're trying to make an excuse. God said, you have said it's useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we've walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we will call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord, listen to that, spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before God for those who fear the Lord and those who meditate on his name. Listen to what God says about those that fear the Lord. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Whoa, whoa. The fear of the Lord, it's not just required, it's remembered, it's recorded in books in heaven itself. Now, notice the bitter religious complainers. Again, oh, it's useless to serve God. There's no profit. Even the wicked are better off than we are. Nah, nah, nah. Listen to him complain. But notice those who fear the Lord. God listens and he hears them. He records their names as a memorial. How beautiful is that? He claims intimate ownership of them. God said, people who fear me, they're mine. And not just that, they're valuable. They're, they're my very jewels. He highly esteems them. And he promises to spare and deliver them. Man, that sounds like salvation to me. I don't know what it sounds like to you. But notice, it isn't said of bitter religious complainers, but it is said of those who fear him. When you fear the Lord, your names are written and recorded in heaven. Man, oh man, I love this. The third point. The fear of the Lord, it's the very beginning of wisdom. And this is throughout the scripture, but I'm just going to give you this one verse. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Couldn't be clearer. The fear of the Lord, it's the very beginning of wisdom. It is so prominent that it is the very beginning of wisdom. It's so important that, listen, what does he say? You don't even have wisdom until you have started fearing God. If you haven't started fearing God yet, listen to me. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have or what fame or what bank account or what car, what stuff you have, how many degrees. Listen, until you fear God, you haven't even begun to be wise yet. The fear of the Lord is the very beginning of wisdom. I think about Romans chapter one and it's 
records those who don't fear God at all, who live in sinful, disobedient, lust-filled lives. Listen to what it says about those who don't fear God. Romans 1, 20 through 22. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now listen to this, professing to be wise, they became fools. You see that? That describes people who don't operate and function in the fear of the Lord at all. They think they're wise, but they're really foolish. Doesn't matter how grandiose they are, according to the world's standards, not at all. What matters is, are you fearing God? Are you holding him in reverential awe, respect, and worship so much so that you hate evil and depart from it? That's the beginning of wisdom. But if you're worshiping other gods and living a sinful life, again, I don't care how big your house is, how big your bank account is, how awesome your car is, blah, 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 all this stuff doesn't mean nothing. You've got nothing until you begin to fear God. It's the very beginning of wisdom. It couldn't be any clearer. All right. Number four, the fabulous fear of the Lord. It is so prominent that it's also the conclusion of the matter. I love this. It's not just the beginning of wisdom. It's the conclusion of the matter. So you see the fear of the Lord, beloved, it is the book ends of life the beginning of wisdom and the conclusion of the matter. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. The whole God thing, Solomon summarizes, it brings it down to this. The whole God thing is summarized in us fearing God. Again, holding him in reverential on worship and hating evil and departing from it. It's the conclusion of the matter. Here you go. This, he says, is man's all. That's a, that's a mouthful of the prominent place that the fear of the Lord has. For this is man's all. Man's all? So I got to tell you, there's debated meaning here about, about what, that, what that actually means, that it's man's all. What does that mean? Is it our chief duty? Meaning it's, it's, it's our all, it's our chief duty, it's, it's our priority, it's the number one thing that we're supposed to be about. Could be because it is required of us, okay? So because it's required, it could be our all, it could be our all in that way. But here's another way, and, and I like this, um, it's man's all in the sense that it's, it, it's what makes us whole. That's, that's what it means. It, it's, it's, it's our entirety. It's our all. It's, it's our wholeness. Now, friends, I, I don't think it needs to mean one or the other because I do think it is our all. The fabulous fear of God, it is our all. It is what makes us whole without question, but it's also the, the priority of our lives. It's our all. It's our chief duty. And so it's not one or the other. It's both. And so let's make sure that we give it that kind of, of prominence, okay? 
Number five, check this one out. Do you ever think about Jesus delighting in the fear of the Lord? Well, he does and he did. In fact, it was prophesied some 600 years before he was even born. The prophet Isaiah talks about the Messiah who would come. Listen to this, Isaiah chapter 11, verses one through three. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Listen, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, now listen, and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. It was prophesied that the Messiah himself would operate in the spirit of the Lord and that he would be happy, he'd be stoked about it. He would delight in the fear of the Lord. It was a, it was a fragrance to Jesus to operate in the fear of the Lord. It was a fragrant thing to hold God in such reverential awe and wonder and worship and to hate evil and depart from it. It was a, it was a fragrant thing, a delightful thing, a beautiful thing. And so friends, when we look at fear's prominent place, look at these five very specific things. Jesus delighted in it. Yes, absolutely. What else? It's the conclusion of the matter. What else? As we go backwards, it is it um, required of us. It's recorded in heaven, and it's the very beginning of wisdom. Okay? So when you think about how important the fear of the Lord is, its prominent place, man, we better give it priority in our lives. Beloved, fear needs to have a prominent place in us because it has a prominent place in scriptures and in the life of Jesus himself. If he's our example, if he delighted in the fear of the Lord and operated in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, man, we need to do the same thing. All right, God bless you guys mightily. I pray this word is a blessing to you. Again, be a social media missionary. Make sure you share it. Get the word out. Subscribe to our uh, Facebook and Instagram, YouTube channels, Pastor Steve Berger, and share, share, share. Get the word out. And let's be, again, social media missionaries, getting this truth out on the fabulous fear of the Lord. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. 